Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. The title of this sermon is, This is the Sign of the Covenant. Here is the first half of this two-part study. So today, we're going to, I just simply entitled this, The Sign of the Covenant. The Sign of the Covenant. Um, and we'll be looking at Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. And the next week, we'll, we'll close up chapter 9 completely. And we may even close up chapter 10, because 10 really deals with the genealogy uh, as we get ready for the Tower of Babel. What is the new Tower of Babel? Anybody got a clue? AI. They all think they want to be gods, that they can answer like God can answer. And, and if you talk to any of the engineers, that's what they all say. And that's become a form of the Tower of Babel. They think that there's some higher learning, some higher education, something that they can reach. And I can't wait to get into the Tower of Babel because I think there are times when we think as a culture, as a society, that we can outthink God and become gods. And... You know, it doesn't end well when we do that. So last week we, we looked at the beginning of Genesis chapter 9, and we really looked at the parallels between Adam and Noah and the differences that were given within the passages of Scripture. One of the things we talked about is, you know, uh, some things that weren't covered uh, in with Noah is Noah, Noah wasn't to subdue the animals. The animals are, don't turn your back on the animal. Uh, as, that's what we were talking about last week. That's why when you... I, I've said it, you can't control a puppy no more than you can control a cat. Uh, you may be able to do it for a little bit of period of a time, but it, there are times when that dog has had enough and will growl at you and snap. And so you're not subduing it. Uh, there is a, a fear there now uh, that you should have when you're dealing with those things, but we don't have that, that anymore because of sin. It's gone. And, and so that was one of the impacts of sin. But we do also see that the, the, the covenant was promised that, that God would never flood the earth again. And I think one of the beautiful pieces of, of Scripture, it, as you head in from chapter 8 into chapter 9, is when Noah, the first thing he does when he comes off the boat is to, to do an offering to God. And, and it just kind of shows his heart. And so, promises. How many of us in this room have had somebody give us a promise and not keep it? Right? All of us. My father, I love him to death. But when my father was an alcoholic, my father was the king of the promise breakers. He, he would always say he was going to be somewhere, and, and he wouldn't be there. 
As a kid, I can remember sitting with bags packed, ready to go for the summer and not be picked up. There was always an excuse. And so for me, promises are something that I take very seriously. Uh, if I promise to do something with my grandkids, it's going to get done. It's, it's just because I, I've had them broken on me. You can have promises broken in your wedding vows. You can have a, a boyfriend and girlfriend and they, they break up and the promises are broken that they'll be together forever. There's unfaithfulness everywhere we go. But the thing we need to remember is that God never fails. He's always faithful and he never breaks his promises. And I think my son was up in Austin and he took a picture of a, of a rainbow. And the first thing I thought of is there's the promise of God. If you've ever been in Hawaii, you see a rainbow about every 10 minutes. It's, they're all over the place. It's beautiful. And you see the promise of God and, and the covenant still being fulfilled. And so God keeps his covenants. And, and that's one of the things that we need to establish. I mean, we, we see uh, the covenant established in Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. But it says, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall go into the ark, your sons, your wife, and you, your, uh, your sons' wives with you. And so we, we can, as we think about this and, and as we look at this, the, the, the covenant was this, but the sign of the covenant was going to be the rainbow. And, and to understand that, I mean, God has made covenants. We had the, uh, the covenant that was made with Adam. Uh, they had the, it was in two parts. You had the covenant of in, innocence. We talked about the dispensation of, of grace this past weekend, and part of that was innocence. And, and that's covered in the early uh, book of Genesis. And then you have the covenant of grace. And we know that's when they fall in Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. You also have the Edenic uh, covenant, which is found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 30, and Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And it outlines man's responsibility towards creation. And he gave them what they were supposed to do and they didn't do, which is to, 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 to uh, God's directive regarding the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But he tells them in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, like them, having dominion, the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female. And he created them. And then here's the real key to this. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then in verse 29 it says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruits yield seed. Uh, to you it shall be food, also every, every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for, for food, and it was so. And then God saw everything, and he made, um, made indeed, it was very good. So even in the, so, so the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then he tells them in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, The Lord God commanded man, saying, Of, the, uh, of every tree of the, of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And we have the, 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 the covenant that's made with Adam and, and then it included the curse of man and in and, and Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 I will put enmity between you and and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel it's God's provision God's grace that's given for sin and and then you have the covenant with Abraham which we'll get into as we we dive into Genesis he makes a covenant with Abraham he, he promised Abraham that his name would be great and, and that there would be numerous descendants and that, that he would promise, uh, there would be a promise regarding the nation of Israel. And it's also with Abraham, you have the, the Abrahamic covenant, which is in the families of the world, will be blessed through the physical line of Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, and Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, and it's a direct reference to the Messiah who would come from the line. You also have the covenant with David. David was promised that his kingdom would be permanent. And that's Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. In Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 32, and it says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And you have the new covenant in Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. In Matthew 5, 17, it tells us that when Jesus came, he didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law of Moses. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or, to, or the prophets, but I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. And it's by that covenant that we have been saved through grace by faith, it's by that covenant, the new covenant, that we have the, the knowledge of the mystery that Paul was talking about this past weekend. That the gospel was for everybody. And, and one of the things we're going to learn about this weekend is, is the importance of, of his immeasurable grace. You know, people will try to, to speak on heaven or there will be movies on it or whatever. It is undescribable. It's undescribable. And yet people will do it. They'll make movies of it. I, oh, I died and spent four minutes in heaven. And I'm not sure where they were at. But, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord is what it tells us. So, um, you know. But we have to remember the covenant that we see, the, the promise that was given, the assurance that he'll never flood the earth again comes from God. And his promise will be kept. And God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. One of the things we learned is, as we looked through verses 1 through 7, we learned about the government. We learned that now law is established. Somebody kills somebody, they will be killed. And so we, we, we continue to see that. And tonight what we get is we get that, that we get a beauty of, of, of God. One of the things I hope, and, and I, I tried to, hopefully I did, a, I don't know if I did an okay job. That may confuse you, but if you see where it's, in bold letters, I want you to catch where it says, where God is speaking, right? And, and terms that you'll see when he uses things like all or every, everything, those are important. 
Um, and so when we study that, that's kind of what you do is when you're studying scripture is you're just looking at it and observing it at first after you read it. You read the text and you're going doing the who, what, when, why, where, how. And you're just kind of what sticks out to me. And, and you know, it's, it's important for us to do that as we have our time with God. And, and I really believe when we, when we take that deeper dive is when we, the application becomes so easy because it's so blaring. Like when you spend that time with God, the word just, it highlights. You just know, okay, <laughs> this is what I need to pay attention to. You know, this is what, what my application is for me. And my application may be different than what your application is. That's very important. But what are you supposed to do with the application? You're supposed to apply it, be obedient to it. That's where a lot of people, they'll read it, but they never seek the application. They never seek to be obedient to it. So it says, then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him saying. So the first thing we get is, is God speaking and, and we, we get the promise. And one of the things that we find out is the promise is not just for Noah. It's for, for everything that comes off the ark. Right? And, and all the creation. It received judgment uh, of God, but now every, everyone on the earth, God will, will give this promise. And it's a link between Noah and humanity. It's a link between uh, us and the, the realm of animals. And, and so every living creature, that's something else that you'll see uh, listed there. But we see the creative and redemptive covenant of God and the redemption, God's plan. God, God's grace, really, God's mercy. And you go, but he just killed billions of people. They were disobedient. They had every opportunity, just like you have. And, and that's, that's the sad part, is when we see things where, when we see what, what Satan has done recently to our culture, you know, people are, are, are and, and sadly, I'm, I, I've been trying to figure out why, you know, why and why it's happening where we're seeing a lot of people that are, are bouncing between good and evil and they're in the church. Um, we have a redemptive, uh, co we have a covenant. We have, we have the opportunity to, to be saved by grace through faith, but God, God requires for us to be obedient, to abide. He wants us to abide. And so when we see the, the, the fallen world, we see the beginning of the new with Noah but it's one thing to remember that there were billions of people and I you know I don't know what the number is going to be of people that don't make it to heaven and I think that's the reality of it that we we should take from these chapters is to realize that if there were billions that didn't get on the ark how many are not going to get it because of their pride because of the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh the pride of life I want to live my life my way. I know how I'm supposed to be. You don't tell me how to do things. And, and we're seeing such a, a, a use of Satan. I mean, even in Target. You know, and now they're claiming they didn't know anything about it. Which, you know, Satan, what does it say? Satan loves pronouns or whatever the, the t-shirt says. The guy has the horns on his head and he's a Satanist. He's the guy who created all the stuff that's in Target. And you can't tell me there's not a battle going on right now. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that stuff would never happen. Oops, we made a mistake. Did they get rid of it? No, they just tucked it away in the back corner of the Target. You can still buy it. 
people need to be you know they need to understand that the gospel is real that the covenants that god makes are real that the judgments that, that are coming are real god said he won't flood the earth with with what water he didn't say he won't flood the earth again because fire is coming and so he says in there that God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Are you a descendant? Yes. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth, that I established my covenant with you, never again shall all flesh be cut off by water, waters of the flood never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth so we know that that you and i are descendants that we're made in the image of god that god will keep his promise every time you see a rainbow you should say man god is keeping his promise the bible is is one of the things i love is the bible shares the downfalls of men it's to teach us not to make the same mistakes my father used to always say, don't, you're going to make mistakes, but don't do them twice. Don't make the same mistake over and over. Learn from it. You know, we, we need to understand that, 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 that what God is saying is going to happen. God does not lie. In Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a, a son of man that he should repent. He has he, he, he has he said, and he will not do or he has not spoken, or he will not make good. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who fled for the refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. God we can trust, a, a, a God whose, whose word is true, who keeps his promises. This is the God who's made the covenant. In Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. If I am to trust what truth is in this world, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is truth. His word is truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. That's how you turn down the culture. You go to the truth of God's word. God can't be tempted. James chapter 1 verse 13. Let, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted be, by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God is the anchor. We forget that. God keeps his promises. When the boat is all over the place and... You're getting tossed to and fro. It's, it's the, the anchor that keeps the ship in place. In John chapter 10, verse 28, it says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. If you have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you're his. You're his. And we can hold on to that. It's, it's a promise that he'll keep. If you have a loved one or somebody that you go, man, they just, they've, they, they've, they've fallen away for a bit. Hold on to that promise. God will snatch them back. Now, we don't know what they have to go through to get back, right? Sometimes it's a heavy pressing. Sometimes we can be so puffed up that God has to do a breaking. And that happens. 
I used to have, I got a sister-in-law, man, when she prays for you, Lord, have mercy. She's like, Lord, if you have to break his back, break his legs, you draw him back. And you're just like, Lord, don't pray for me. <laughs> but she's, she's like, Lord, you, they're yours. And that's how we need to remember that, that that child is yours, belongs to you. You draw them back. Noah rested in the fact that God was in control. Remember that, because as we look at this, even as he, he worshiped God as he got off the boat, and, and he's, all the animals have come off the boat, and he's saying, like, this covenant's with everything on that ark, with all the living things. He trusted God. The boat had no steering. He trusted God. And in and, and verse 11, it says, Thus I established my covenant with you. Never again shall, be, shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall... There be a flood to destroy the earth. Very important when you look at that. Never again, all flesh. All flesh. Right? So the earth will not be destroyed by flood. Will the earth be destroyed? Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10-13. through 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and its works that are on it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you be in holy conduct and godliness, looking forward uh, and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, are according to his promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness will dwell. So Peter is just reminding us, say, look, there's going to come a day when there won't be an earth anymore. There'll be a new earth and a new heaven. So, you know, we have to be very careful about the way that we, we spend our time here on earth. It's like I love that he, he puts that in there. Therefore, since all things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you be in holy conduct and godliness? I think that's a question that every one of us should be able to answer tonight. Every one of us. And, and that's one of the things to think about. Like when you think about, you know, they say Jesus is your friend. But if Jesus was to walk through those doors, would you fall to your face? Because I know I would. And worship him. I, I don't want him catching me doing some unholy conduct. Something godless if he shows up. It's something that we have to think about. That can happen in the twinkling of an eye. And that quick, you could wake up. You may not even wake up tonight. Boom, rapture happens. Boy, that would be the best time to be asleep and be woken up by the rapture, right? Good night's sleep, rapture happens. But that's the reality of it is God is, 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 is not only the, the creator, but he has the power to bring judgment. We have no say-so in this, although we think we do. We don't. He's a holy God. He's going to do this. It's going to happen. I've told y'all, it doesn't matter what kind of green energy thing or whatever they think they can come up with to save this planet. It cannot be saved. Now, does that mean we just trash the, the planet? I'm not for that. You know, I can put stuff in the recycle bin, even though I know the recycle bin goes to China and then China just, just burns it up. It never goes to anywhere where it's supposed to go. That's what we were doing with it before. They don't tell you all that. The reality of it is, though, is like we understand that when we read the scripture, we know that God's going to keep his promise. 
He's going to keep his promise. He's going to judge this world. And so when Jesus talks about, even Jesus spoke about end times, and he spoke about the, uh, the, the, the tares of the gathering, the burn and the fire, and, and, and at the end of the age, and he's talking about the great tribulation, and it's going to happen. We need to be aware of that. Look, I, the last thing I want to see is, is another war. The last thing I want to see is a, the Ezekiel War. You read about that and the number of people that are going to die in that is... But it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what I feel. That's the whole point. Your feelings don't matter. That's the same thing with marriage, but that's a whole other discussion. It's not based on your feelings. Agape love is, is a love without expecting anything in return. And, and when we think about that, it's like it's, I, I, Ken Graves used to say feelings is the F word for the, for the church. It shouldn't be used. It's true. We, we, we serve out of a, what? Obedience. Not based on our feelings. That's, that's where a lot of our culture is mixed up today. It's based on how I feel. I don't feel like God wouldn't accept me. I feel God would accept me if I want to be a girl. That's not what the Bible says. It's not based on your feelings. Look, the devil will tell you everything you want to hear and, and appeal to your feelings and pull you away. Next thing you know, you'll be in a dress. You need to wake up. I'm telling you, the devil will, will use anything, any mean he can get, any little crack, any little thing, and we need to wake up. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 